Welcome back to Anxiety Slayer. It's our 14th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're offering 50% off of our most popular courses in the Anxiety Slayer Academy. All you need is the coupon code ANNIVERSARY and then visit anxietyslayer.com or anxietyslayer.teachable.com to explore our courses. Happy 14th anniversary, Ananga. Happy anniversary, Shan. Really happy to be celebrating with you and looking forward to another year ahead. And today we are moving forward with a discussion around environmental anxiety and how we can circumvent some of that with all of the fear-mongering that is hammering us daily. It becomes uh, a bit much. And our listeners said that, I've been listening to your podcast for a few years now. They've been helping me so much with my anxiety. I was wondering if you could speak about environmental anxiety. With the news and statistics available today, it's hard not to be in a constant state of dread and doom. Thanks for everything you do. This is one of those things where we're all in this together, isn't it? A lot of our episodes are about the nature of the mind and the the mind conjuring up fearful imaginings and things that cause us distress and concern. But this is a very real concern, so a slightly different way to discuss anxiety and a different discussion. But in this episode, we'll be sharing what we're learning and what we're doing because we're all in this together. And right now it feels like you just can't get away from it with everything that's happening on the world stage on top of what's happening in our own lives and and in our own relationships that you can feel the heaviness of, of the energy as so much is going on out there. How do we bring it back in and nurture ourselves, look after ourselves and do the best we can, even though the world seems like a pretty frightening place right now. Yeah. I think turning to older wisdom teachings really helps. That's what helps me when we look to taking care of our own heart and our own mind, not in a selfish way, in a a healthy way, a self-care way, but then by taking care of ourselves, being able to send out love and empathy and do what little we can to support others, to have the presence of mind to look around and see, is there something I can do? And if there doesn't seem to be something directly we can do, at least we can send love and good intention. Yeah. I have a practice where I'll do that. I'll just get really quiet and make a contribution, you know, like picture my energy expanding all across the world and just sending love and sending good intentions. Some people will call it prayers, intentions, uh, contribution, whatever you want to call it. And there's something about just taking a moment to do that that just feels really grounding and feels like, okay, my love is there. I'm, I'm putting this sweetness out into the ether. I'm putting the sweetness out there into the universe the best way I can. Yeah, it's a fine line between feeling helpless and hopeless and trying to keep focused on some hope and something positive to offer. And uh, that makes a big difference in our experience of our own lives, how we move from from day to day. I think protecting ourselves as best we can so that we can 
show up as best we can. Not that we're trying to put our heads in a hole like an ostrich, not that we're trying to turn a, a blind eye, but that we can become punch drunk so easily if we're taking in information constantly that mm. we can't do anything about. So I think one of our first points today is in that regard is keeping away from statistics and information that we can't do anything about. And then, of course, all of the news and statistics and information on the, the world stage right now. It's too much to have that bombarding you every single day. And everybody has an opinion. And doom scrolling will do nothing but make you feel worse. And we all have to be so careful about where we're getting our information from. And is it from a credible source? There's so much confusion. There's so many opinions and all of that stuff. It's not helpful. No, Ayurveda teaches that when we've got constant incoming information, we've spoken about this a lot in, in terms of anxiety. One of the causes of anxiety being too much incoming information, overstimulation, feeling that we have to keep checking because we really care, but there's nothing we can do. So we just keep seeing the same or more incoming information over and over again. And it affects our doshic energy, it affects the vata dosha. It makes our nervous system overtaxed and it increases our anxiety. And then we're still not able to, to help. We're just in worse shape. Sure. So we have to be careful to protect ourselves. One thing that helps is to have a reliable source of information that you go to briefly and specifically so that you know you're up to date with what you feel you need to be. And that's a very personal choice, how much or how little that is and where it is. That's a very personal choice. But to have that one area of checking or contact, to be very boundaried, as boundaried as possible around it. And then if there's a cause that you really feel in alignment with that you think is helping, we have the opportunity to support that cause by making donations, by spreading the word in whatever way we can. And it might feel like a tiny something in the face of a big issue but even being able to do a tiny something is better than feeling hopeless and helpless. Yeah. And then I think it's also important that we can follow and support projects that are making positive changes on a larger scale because there are so many of them. And yet the news, social media would have you think that everything is dark, that everything is this place of fear and doom, when it's simply not true. There are so many wonderful projects and so many human beings who are making such a big difference in the world, whether that be in, in small groups, in community, in your neighborhood, to the worldwide groups that make a difference in, in how they give back and how they invest in people and in the earth and in whatever you might have an interest in. They're out there. You just need to look for them. Yeah, I think for me, that's been a really helpful thing is to fill my feed. I do follow a few people on Instagram that I find inspiring and I try and keep my feed really positive and 
interesting things that I'm not just doom scrolling or just having random stuff come up. So there's a couple of food relief organizations I follow. There's some people doing wonderful planetary care. I'll talk a little bit more about what I've been following after the breaks, have a little bit more to share on that. But yeah, to follow and support the projects that are making positive changes and have that be our daily check-in. How are they doing? What are they doing today? And to really appreciate their courage and their hard work and that they're making a difference. I'm glad you brought that up about your, your stream and who you follow. This is a wonderful time of year to do a little house cleaning, whether that be on Facebook or Instagram or wherever you spend your time on social media, unfollowing the people and organizations that maybe no longer match your energy. I've noticed that over the last few years, my feet is so clean. Mm. It's full of all of the things I love, and there's very little that comes through. And, and again, not putting my head in the sand, but if I'm going to spend time on social media, that's my choice. I don't have to be there. And if I'm going to be there, I want it to be full of things that bring me joy, sweetness. Yeah. I'm looking for inspiration, education, mm -hmm. and parrots. <laughs> parrots, yeah. <laughs> Funny things. Do our listeners know about your parrot? Have we ever talked about Nimbu? He's probably featured on the podcast in the background a few times. Oh. He's disturbingly quiet at the moment, actually. Yeah, my little bird buddy. I like to hear the birds talk. Yeah. The funny parrots are doing. But I'm very um, aware of my physiology when I look at Instagram. And if something makes me kind of frown or tense up or curl my lip. Feel heavy. Yeah, feel heavy. Yeah. Um, if it makes me smile or feel inspired or, or somebody that I really want to connect with. I've been hearing some beautiful poetry, reading and and really inspiring songs from a musician I know in person and, and a couple of others that are writing really what I consider to be healing songs, really thought-provoking songs that are good for your heart, things like that. Mm, nice. Yeah. And again, it can sound like you're in your little snow globe <laughs> and there's suffering and there's things going on. And I never want to feel like that. Like, you know, it's okay. I never feel it's okay for me, but I do feel that we have to protect our mind and nervous systems. But again, in the spirit of showing up well for our friends and family, having the capacity to lend a, an open ear and an open heart to somebody that needs it. If we are overwhelmed, we can't do it. Right. So self-care to offer care and then to be on the lookout for where can we support? Is there somebody in our local community we can support? Is there project we can get involved in? Is there a project overseas that we just love to hear about, something that feels worthwhile to support? So yeah, taking care, always around taking care of ourselves and taking care outside of ourselves, reaching out. Mm -hmm. And no amount of kindness or contribution is too small. So even if it's just getting quiet and praying, that counts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This time of year can be a bit overwhelming, and it's totally natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. 
navigating the change in weather, planning for the holidays, and all that comes with the hustle and expectations that we put on ourselves can feel like a lot. And therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to even, to make you feel more grounded, to give you tools to manage everything going on. And it's not just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, convenient, flexible, and totally suited to your schedule. Find a bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Slayer today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Slayer. What are some additional points that can help circumvent environmental anxiety? Well, we've already touched on watching and reading the things that bring some hope and looking out for projects we can support. I don't know them very well, but I've had the pleasure to meet them a few times. I know a couple of people personally that work very hard in a food relief program. And they're UK-based, but whenever there's a disaster in Europe, they load up their van. They've got these massive gas burners, huge, and huge pots. It takes two men to lift a pot. And they're fully equipped to just go and cook and distribute meals if there's an earthquake or a natural disaster or something like that. And it's been a real pleasure to watch them develop and expand their program. I've got so much respect for them and I like to be able to donate to them. And They're really making a difference. Yeah, they're very courageous, um, very austere (laughs) the way they live and very, very hardworking. And they're not young people either. They're, they've been doing it for many years. But I find it wonderful to just see them set up and off they go. And then the reports will come in from where they are and who they're feeding. And, and you can see the clips of people being helped. So I love to support them. And I found I was starting to get really overwhelmed, you know, as a mom. I think many of us can relate to this. We've got our Children, the next generation under us, have got so much more coming. In my lifetime, I've seen so much change in the environment on our planet. Yeah. And that can feel really concerning. So I started looking at videos on YouTube about reforestation, water harvesting projects, um, really amazing stories of individuals or small teams that have brought life back to areas that were dried out and bare. There's a fantastic video on YouTube of a Chinese lady that got married off and sent to live with her husband in the desert. And he just had this little self-built home in the desert. And she said the sand was so awful coming into the home. She said, if you tried to walk in the sand, it would fill your ears. Mm. She was an incredibly determined person. And she managed to sell, I can't remember what, she managed to sell something and she bought 10 trees and went and planted them and they all died. And then she realized what had gone wrong. And then she went and bought more and tried again and tried again. I think in the end, she planted 100 trees and one survived. That she knew how to help the tree survive. And then they, her and her husband devised this system of helping the trees grow 
And there's footage of her crawling through the sand with these sandstorms blowing with trees tied to her back, saplings tied to her back, and planting and planting. And eventually, she completely re well, you can't even say reforested because it was a desert. She made a forest. Mm, that is wild. And now she helps educate other people. And it was wonderful to see the change she made, how determined she was, how she educated herself, how she was just so persistent. And that story really was quite wonderful to witness. And there are so many others, people in areas in India and Africa where there isn't sufficient rainfall and they're learning how to harvest the water from the air with fog nets and the water kind of condenses and trickles down or how to hang on to what rainfall does come so it doesn't just run off the land. And then you see people growing all kinds of fruits and vegetables and trees and bringing green life back to areas that were previously just dust. Yeah. Just to stop my mind thinking it's all terrible and it's all going downhill. Before we started recording, we had a little conversation about a video that you watched um, on a project that cleans rivers and stops plastic getting into the ocean. And I know that you started picking up litter and having that be a, a part of something you do to give back. And I do the same. And also now I've found that there are several companies out there who are creating things out of the plastic that gets pulled from the ocean that you can buy. So I, I was looking for a new piece of luggage, a new carry-on, and found a company that does just that. And so that piece of luggage is a little bit more expensive than another, but they're making a difference by pulling so many pounds of waste out of the ocean for each unit that they make. And I just think that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's what we need to see. Mm-hmm. for our own mental well-being and, and to feel some, some hope going forward. My husband and I go to Lake Michigan a lot and walk the beach, and, and oftentimes we'll go and pick up litter along the way. And we had a really weird experience this one time that I had to kind of just shut my mouth and carry on where, where this guy um, basically wanted us to take his trash. <laughs> And we did, but it was just so, it was just so weird. It was just one of those weird experiences. It's like, okay, fine, what, whatever. And we just kept on and, and rolled our eyes and, and kept moving. Uh, but who knows, he might have left his, his litter behind. And so we were ahead of that. But there's just something about that that I know it's not that big of a deal. But even if I take a, a pound of trash off the beach. It, it means something to me and hopefully means something to somebody else. So there are so many things that we can do instead of having all of this bad news and all of this stuff that kicks up fear and makes us feel small or makes us feel like uh, there's, there's nothing sweet in this world. All you need to do is start looking on the other side of that darkness and you'll see so much light. Yeah, looking where we can make a small difference. It reminds me, there's a, there's a story, the starfish story, about a guy that's walking along a beach and there's so many starfish washed up on the beach and he's walking along and he's picking them up one after another and throwing them back into the ocean. And a guy 
came and stopped him as he had a starfish in his hand about to launch him back into the water. And the guy said, you can't pick all of them up. What do you think you're doing? You're not going to make a difference. And the man holding the starfish said, well, I made a difference to that one and threw the starfish back in the sea. Yeah. So we can look at either side. We can feel completely overwhelmed and what can I do? Or we can think I'm doing what little I can, but it's not nothing. It's a little something. And we can educate ourselves. We can learn about wildlife and pollinators, what plants we can grow in our gardens, even if it's a, a windowsill with some pots of herbs, mint and lemon balm and different herbs that the bees and butterflies love, and then we'll see them come. Yeah, I did that in my garden years ago and continue to do it. And it's such a joy to see the butterflies and bees and hummingbirds. And it, it's not a hard thing to do. But you and I could go on and on about that. But I, I do think these are some hopefully some helpful suggestions and ideas on, on what we can do and in the face of what's happening out, out there. You know, what can we do in, in our little piece and part of the world yeah. to keep things light, make a difference? We have a couple of book recommendations as well. I haven't read these books personally, but I flicked through them at a botanical gardens that I like to visit. There was a section there on ecological concern and what can we do. And the first one I picked up is by Jane Goodall, who I think we've all heard of her and her amazing work. And she wrote a book recently called The Book of Hope. And in The Book of Hope, she focuses on her four reasons for hope, the amazing human intellect, the resilience of nature, the power of young people and the indomitable human spirit. And she's got some storytelling. And Oh, I want to read that book. Yeah, I'd like to read it. And on the back cover is a nice paragraph. It says, looking at the headlines, the worsening climate crisis, loss of biodiversity, political upheaval. It can be hard to feel optimistic. And yet hope has never been more desperately needed. Oh, Certainly very powerful. Yeah, something I'd like to read because I trust her. Yeah. And her knowledge and her experience. And then um, a couple of just practical little reads, a book called Living Green in the City. And I think it's 50 practical ways in the title to green up your area, even if you're in a city space. And a book by Sarah Langford called Rooted, How Regenerative Farming Can Save the World. And I think that's more of a memoir, but very well reviewed here by the press. And people said it brought a lot of hope. So just some recommendations there in the spirit of hope. Mm, yes. It's our 14th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're offering 50% off our most popular courses in the Anxiety Slayer Academy. All you need is the coupon code ANNIVERSARY. And then visit anxietyslayer.com or anxietyslayer.teachable.com and explore our courses. Thanks for listening.